I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints. And for this reason, I do not cease to give thanks for you as I remember you in my prayers. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation as you come to know him, so that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what, it, what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe, according to the working of his great power. God put this power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Ephesians 1, 15 to 23. What do you think of when you think of power? Maybe an elite athlete, like a boxer or an offensive lineman or a track star, somebody that's super fast. Maybe you think of a dynamic leader, like, I don't know, we don't necessarily like politicians, but they tend to be powerful people, depending on who they are. I don't know, maybe you do like politicians. Um, Or singers with a really strong voice, with this just kind of resonant voice that really can pelt it out or just, you know, you just feel that they have the strength about them. Or you might think of electricity. Um, I don't mess with electricity very much because I've put a couple of ceiling fans in and I always tend to like shock myself and, yeah. I do it anyways because, you know, why hire somebody like Skip to do that for us? I mean, why, you know, whatever. Um, but what do you think of when you think of power? One thing that I'm reminded of is that we have this great power available, available to us in Christ and it's accessible all the time. We may not have an amazing, powerful singing voice or strength of a heavyweight boxer, but we have this power of Christ available to us. One thing I think of when I think of power is a river, especially a big river. I've been to the Nile, like the birthplace of the Nile in Africa, like where it starts its source, and I white water rafted on that thing, which is crazy because it's the Nile and it's pretty rapid. It wasn't quite this intense. Well, it might have been that intense. That's in Montana. I've seen the Mississippi River, and it's a big river. I've crossed it many times, never been in it. Um, But these rivers are powerful things. My Aunt Mary Alice, I have lots of aunts, but my Aunt Mary Alice is a farmer, and she still lives on our, my parent, my granddad's, who's no longer with us, family farm in Missouri. And the last time I saw her, we had a discussion about the rains and the floods in the, you know, central, north central Missouri, Iowa, all those places have problems with flooding on occasion. And she said, I I remember this because it just, I never really thought about it before, is that water 
is going to f- go where it needs to go. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. And that's why we have leaks in our roofs. And that's why it's just going to go where it needs to go. And that's what power is. And that's what Christ's power does. So as we think about the power of like a mighty river, we, have to, we can do a couple of things. We can stand on the edge and just look at it and go, oh, that's pretty. Or we can go, hey, I want to be a part of that. You know, I know where the source is, and I, know where the, I, I may know where the destiny is. Maybe I want to get in and be a part of that flow. And that's what we're going to talk about today, is how we can be a part of the power that Christ gives to us. But before we do that, will you pray with me? Jesus, I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be pleasing in your sight and helpful for those who hear them. And I pray that we'll take action, Lord, that we'll put in motion the things that you're teaching us, the things that you're putting on our heart, and that we'll respond appropriately, not just today, but when you move us. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. What Emily read earlier was this pretty long passage. And one one of the things that I've found about this first chapter of Ephesians is that it's like two or three sentences. It's like a Cormac McCarthy book or something like that. It's like, okay, it just keeps going. It's one sentence and it's this massive thought. And so it makes it to where the people who translated are kind of like, we've got to break this up a little bit. But what she read Part of what she read was a, a prayer. And that prayer is something that we can take for ourselves. I've, t- I've mentioned this before, is that we want to read this book, this letter, as if it's for us. It wasn't written to us, but it definitely can be written for us. We can internalize these things. And so it's this prayer to comprehend. It's this prayer to tap into this power, this flow that Jesus, is, he, he is that power, And to flow into that power is a part of how we can live and move as Christians, as people. You could be a part of that flow even if you don't really know who Jesus is, which is kind of mind-blowing as well because he says later in this passage, he fills all in all. So that may be a whole different kind of theological discussion that we can have at a different point, and it's probably a discussion as opposed to me trying to teach something like that. But... I want us to look at that chapter, that verse 15 through 16 or so, or 18. And this is what it felt like for them to be powerless. We, we feel powerless at, at points, too. The people in Ephesus felt powerless at points. They had people in their lives that were quite powerful, the people that ran the temple for Artemis, the people who had money, the people who had owned slaves, all of those people had power, but most of the people didn't. If there was 100,000 people, which is kind of a guess, um, best guess for the city of Ephesus, if there's 100,000 people in the city of Ephesus, most of them were poor. Most of them didn't have a lot of power. And so they understood some of the things about not having access to God unless they did certain things. We, in a sense, don't have a lot of power over our lives. We have some and as we live in Pennsylvania in the United States, we have a lot more power than other people do. But in many ways, we don't get to just do everything that we want to do. 
And so what Jesus' power does in us and through us, it gives us an opportunity to be powerful. You know? Not in a powerful way to dominate others or to bring others under control, but to live free, to live life to the fullest. And so this prayer is a prayer for wisdom. This is what power means for us. Wisdom, a revelation, being enlightened, having hope, and, and the riches of that inheritance, that plan that God has for us, knowing that there's something better that's happening, and as we begin to live into these words that Jesus has for us, that Paul has for us, those words bring us to a point of understanding how powerful we can be and how God can work in and through our lives. And then in 19, he's specific about it in that next verse. He says, and what is the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe according to the working of his great power? See, it's not us. We tend, I, I'm going to say we, I should probably say I, we like to control things. I like to control things. All right, I'll just admit it. I like to be in charge of stuff, right? Not necessarily in a bad way. It's just like it's a predictable kind of thing. I like things to go the way I had them in my mind that they, they should go, right? But what this passage tells us is that Jesus is the one with the power, right? And it's a hard line. It's a soft line between me having control and Jesus having control because he probably doesn't necessarily care um, if I put high-octane gas in my car or the one that's just right below that or whatever. He might, but I don't know. We, that's another discussion for another day. But he does care about how I talk to my people in my family or people on the street. He cares about how I treat other people and what power I might have over other people because of who I am and what I say and um, how I present myself in the world. And each one of us has to be able to think about, okay, what am I doing with the power that I do have? Because his is immeasurable, and his is great. Mine is what it is. Christ's power isn't limited like mine is. The people in Ephesus, they knew that they were limited in their power. We recognize that we're limited in our power, then we understand that there's something greater at work in our lives. And if we look at verse 20 to 23, it tells us that, um, that God put his power to work in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has made him the head over all things. For the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills all in all. He's, he's the resurrection. He's, he's been raised from the dead. He rules over all, over the current and the future. So when we feel powerless, we know that somehow his power is out in that future, that things will be okay even if they don't aren't really okay, and he fills all in all. That passage that Julia read earlier, that Psalm 8, just a little portion of it is 
where we, we get at that human element of who we are, who we are supposed to be. It says, when you look at the heavens, the works of our fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you're mindful of them? What are mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and have crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under their feet. Jesus Christ is that perfect, that perfect person. That's the, that's the goal for humanity, and that's what God intended for humanity. And Jesus fulfills that. And if Jesus fulfills that, and he's in us, and we're in him, we get a glimpse of who that is and who that should be. And because of who he is, we could be more like this. So he shows us the perfect human because he lived a perfect life. He died on our behalf. He died to show us what it meant to be sacrificial and life-giving in death. And when he does that, he shows us a different kind of power, not a power of subjugation. The word in here is dominion, but it's not a domination. It's a care. It's a powerful caring. If you've ever seen like a really large man holding a baby and it you just kind of want to melt because you're like it's just sweet because this eight pound little creature held into a 300 pound man's hands it's like there's something delicate about delicate about that but there's some power in that right there's some power in that we could get really graphic and gross here, okay? And we're not going to do that because this is not a horror flick. But there's that strength, but it's strength under control. And that's what Jesus wants to do in and through us. He turns that, the, what part, potential we have for anger within us, what potential we have for rage, and what potential we have for um, going about our own thing and doing our own thing and our lack of control, he can channel all of that if we'll learn to step into the flow of his power and kind of begin to yield our power to him. It's that power not, not of domination and not of subjugation, but it's this empowering of other people. It's that taking of our power and giving it to somebody else because of what we, what's been given to us. There's a song by Hosier. It came out a couple of years ago. And he's an Irish singer-songwriter. And it's called Nina Cried Power. And there's this line in it. There's, a lot, there's lots of lines in it. But there's this line in it that really kind of sticks with me. It says, it's not in the waking, it's in the rising. And I don't know if you're familiar with this songwriter, but he's one of those guys with a powerful voice. It's not in the waking, it's in the rising. And to me... We can be awakened to this power. We can read about it, hear about it. You can listen to me talk about it ad nauseum. But until we do something about it, then there's nothing to it. And that's part of the, the message of that song, is that you can't just be aware of something. Awareness is good, right? But that's only a step. Rising, doing, acting upon what's been given to us is what's going to fulfill that power in our lives. So what is it that's going to open those floodgates? What is it that's going to get us into that river, into the flow of things? Paul is not super great, or who, 
we think Paul wrote this, whoever wrote this, is not super great about going, you should do this, this, and this in order for this to happen. He's really good at saying, you should do this, this, and this, but it doesn't give you a lot of, well, how do I do that? And so we have to kind of pull some things out of here that will help us see what it is that we should do. And the one thing I know that will help us imbue, I don't know if that's a word, bring in this power is to begin glorifying God, begin adoring God for who he is. And we see this in this passage because that's what Paul's doing. See, people will give Paul a hard time because he does stuff that we're like, okay, that's not great. But there's one thing that's awesome about him is that he loves Jesus and he loves pointing people to Jesus. And so when we look at this passage, it's it's an adoration opens up this power flow. Praising opens up this power flow. And when we can take our masks off and be careful, be good about it and be okay with it, then I, I want us to sing because that's one way that the power of God begins to flow through us. That's why we have worship leaders up here on Sunday morning because something about music and resonance and filling up a room with voices gives us a glimpse of what that river is like and what that flow is like. So I want us to look at that passage in 20 to 23. It says this. Again, it says, put all the power to work in Christ who raised him from the dead. Far above, above all things under, head over all things, who fills all in all. This is a powerful being that we worship. He is our friend. He is our companion. He is on this road of life, this journey that we have. He's in the river with us, but he is the river too. And he is powerful and effective. And there's agency about him that is far beyond our little minds can grasp. And if we just treat him as if he's our buddy, or we go, oh, that's a nice river over there. That's pretty cool. Tech, kind of a tourist thing, all right? That's interesting. That's nice for other people, you know? It's nice that you want to do that, but I don't want to... Eh, it's okay. I've got other stuff that I need to do. But if we decide, hey, this is something I want to be a part of, then our, our voices, our creativity, our writing, um, the way we go about our daily lives, all those things can be done in acts of worship. And when we do that, when we live in these ways where we're showing our affection for our children or our people in our lives in such a way that they go, hmm, that's a little different. It may be a little bit, it's not the same way as somebody else cares about me. Then we're showing adoration for who God is. See, he is the source. Jesus is the source and he's the destination. When you're standing by this massive river, you don't necessarily think right in the moment, I wonder where it started. You might, it kind of depends on what kind of person you are. But you know that it started somewhere, and you know that it's going somewhere. And we all have an opportunity to be a part of that. We can think about the source, the creation, and we can think about the destiny, where we're going. And again, we can stand by the side of the shore and watch it kind of just pass us by, maybe hop in at the end if we want. Or we can jump in and be a part of it 
swim around and enjoy it and ask other people to come along with us. We can speak, we can sing, we can write and create. We can touch those, those liminal spaces where heaven and earth embrace. You know, recently, just in the last week, I had a, a powerless moment. Um, my parents are both older, and my dad had to go into the hospital. He'd never been in the hospital overnight since probably, he had an appendix out when he was a child. And so I'm not sure he's ever done anything but outpatient surgery. And he's in his late 70s. And he went into the hospital last Friday, not this week, but the week before. And it kind of threw him off for three or four days. And he's okay. I'll go ahead and go to the spoiler. He's okay. And he's home now. But for about three or four days, my sisters and I were texting and talking back and forth, my aunts and my mom. Everybody's like, this, this is not dad. This is not what my grandkids call D-dad. Something was off with him. And I'm here, 1,800 miles away from Dallas, Texas. And so I felt powerless. But it didn't debilitate me. Because for one thing, I have two sisters. I have a sister that's a nurse that like, kind of understands this stuff a little bit. But the other thing is that my, my parents are both people of faith, and my sisters are both people of faith, and I'm a person of faith. And I know that even if things weren't, didn't go okay, things were still okay. And so there's this power inside of me, this source of strength that's not my own, because my head's telling me, hey, you're, you're going to freak out because your dad is, something's wrong with him, and you, don't, you can't fix it. But then there's this other thing inside of me that's like, okay, it's going to be all right, even if it's not all right. That's what that power is. That's what that does. That's what that flow of Jesus residing in us and us residing in him does. We have to return to that source. It's the thing that we have to do. I want us, as we kind of close out this, the talk today, I want, to, I want to pray part of that Ephesians passage over us. I think that's what we need. We need to understand that that's, that's who we are as a people. That we are powerful beings, not because we're cool, but because Jesus is amazing. and Jesus lives and moves in us and through us. So you pray with me. I'm going to have the worship team, Gabe and Julia, come back up and they'll lead us in a closing song. But I just want to pray. Um, you can close your eyes. You can, I'm, I don't know that we'll have it up on the screen. We might have it up on the screen. I can't even remember at this point. But know that the words that I say are not just my words. It's, they're our words. It's, it's what we need so that we can tap into that power, so that we can move in the flow of God's Spirit. Let's pray. We pray, God of our Lord Jesus, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation as we come to know you. So with the, heart, so with the eyes of our heart enlightened, we may know what is the hope 
to which you have called us? Where are the riches of your glorious inheritance among us? And what is the immeasurable greatness of your power for us who believe according to the working of your great power? It's in your name I pray. Amen.